Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life. And with me today, we're going to be talking to Rashid Ali, co-founder and COO at Chomps, and Pete Maldonado, the co-founder and CEO at Chomps, which just happens to be one of my favorite snacks and a snack that the ambassadors at A Sweat Life are loving right now. Uh, we're basically living on it. So we're really happy to have you here. Pete and Rashid, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I love when we have co-founders on uh, because then we get two voices. Uh, so if you're listening at home, I'll do my best to differentiate between the voices, but I think you'll be able to tell. Um, Rashid and Pete, you've been working together for a while at Chomp. So tell us how it got started. And maybe so, what it is too. Yeah, <laughs> well, 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 chomps are uh, they're they're a better for you meat stick. So we just that's all we do is stick. So if you think about all the jerkies and bars and all the other formats of meat snacks out there, we're only focused on meat, uh, meat sticks. Um, and so we we make it's basically like the a better for you version of the the ones you would find in the gas station. We've taken all the bad stuff out and put good stuff in. So we use grass fed, grass finished beef. And venison and free-range antibiotic-free turkey. There's no sugar, no artificial preservatives. Just as as good and as healthy as you can get. But it also they taste amazing, which is why we're still in business today. And it's been about almost nine years now. Um, that'll be my quick intro. I'll let Rashid give his two cents too, and then we'll uh, give you some background. Yeah, um, we've been at it for a while. I think it's interesting because you know if you get to know Pete and I, we are very different. And we joke around sometimes it's like early on in the relationship, it's we, we kind of needed couples counseling because the way we approach problems is so differently. But like now that we really understand how each other thinks and approaches things like now we have a it's a it's a it works a lot better than it did early on. Um, but I think the valuable piece is we have like when you have a blinder on to a certain thing, that's where he catches my gaps and, and vice versa. So businesses split pretty evenly as far as. Pete's focusing on sales, marketing, creative, and then I'm focusing on um, operations, supply chain, manufacturing, accounting, finance, um, and then obviously we, we kind of uh, tag team on the on the strategy side. But at the end of the day, like we're always kind of working on everything because it's a lean team, and we're trying to always do a lot with a very little. And you actually wouldn't be the first co-founders that I've heard um, say that they got or needed couples counseling. It's pretty common because it's 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 like getting married. Like you spend more time with each other than you do your spouses, right? Yeah. Big head nods at home. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Big yeah. head yeah. nods. And, and Pete, uh, I know uh, you chatted with Kristen on our team about the company's beginnings. It wasn't always meat sticks, right? No, we actually initially we were, we were starting it out almost like an Omaha steaks, but it was for like grass fed beef. So it's more, more like sustainable, you know, uh, grass fed, grass finished. And, and it was actually organic beef at the time too, is what we were, we were launching with. And, uh, yeah, we, we realized very quickly that mail, mail order frozen meat isn't, um, entirely, it's not, the, it's just, it's not something that we wanted to scale. People have made it work. Um, you know, we found it to be very difficult, especially in the summer months when we were just getting kicking this thing off and people would order, we would deliver to them. It would sit on their front doorstep for two or three days before they would get it. And then obviously it's bad. Um, and then we eat the cost. So we looked at each other and we're like, yeah, no, how about we um, shift things around a little bit and go to a, a shelf stable product? 
Um, and we were really had a, had a focus on building the business through e-commerce initially anyway. So it was like, we need something that's going to be easier to mail and cheaper to mail. Um, and so that's where it was like, all right, we were actually already making a chomps version. So they were meat sticks, but they were refrigerated and they were in like a mass pack. So it was like eight ounces of sticks in a one pack and you had to refrigerate it. It was, they were good, but they're not, they're not as good as what we have now. Um, so yeah, we went to the individually wrapped, you know, what we have today. Got better with time. Absolutely. And Rashid, um, I, I love to dig into people's backgrounds and it, it was fun to see how much consulting you did before this. I'm curious, what did you bring from that career and what did you just totally get rid of? Yeah, I mean, most recently before I went full-time at Chomps, I was at a firm where their roots were grounded in bankruptcy and restructuring. So if you imagine like when we dropped in on a client, it was a fire drill, right? Um and we were there to fix a problem. And then the second it was fixed, or at least it was moving in that direction, we rolled off. Mm-hmm. So as a consultant, you you honestly think you are very intelligent and you think you have all the answers. But at the end of the day, you don't have any accountability or ownership because you leave before the, the actual resolution occurs. And you also lose out on learning from your mistakes, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're not, you know, we're not perfect. And at the end of the day, the, the recommendation may, be, may have been directionally right. But like here at Chomps now, you're owning it, mm-hmm. the good and the bad. But it's interesting because, I mean, we're really trying to create this culture of like welcoming mistakes because that's how you get better, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we, we, won't, we wouldn't be where we were today if we didn't just keep doing the same thing. We always have to be nimble and change and try to figure out um, what's, what's next. So I think from a consulting perspective, I love the challenge. I love the folks I worked with. Um, at the time, I liked traveling too. Um, but now fast forward, I mean, I, I travel when I need to. And it's nice because it's, it's for purpose. Like back, at, back in, in the consulting days, it was like Monday through Thursday. You just traveled. You had to have FaceTime with the client. Um, another thing is I swore that I will not wear a tie again unless it was for either a wedding or a funeral. Um, it just at the end of the day, like I, I really enjoy the startup culture laid back. It's like we, we do what needs to get done as long as we're driving results. I feel like everyone's living that startup apparel life now, at least from the bottom down. Right. <laughs> we're all working on Zoom these days. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I'd love to pivot from that because Rashid, I know you're spending more time at home. We, uh, we all are, but you specifically are spending more time at home, not traveling as much. Um, everyone I've talked to at Chomps has a family and talked about their family. Um, is that a part of the culture? Is that something you guys wanted to foster? Or did that just kind of happen? I mean, at the, but before kind of we, we went hands on, I mean, like it was our wives helping. I mean, we, every, Pete was filling orders out of his apartment and then we'll flip it over to one week I would do it. We all went out and did inspections together. I mean, it was a, it was a a, a big family ordeal. And I think it's kind of ingrained right in the culture. We just continue to have that, that mantra. And, and I think it's important because and I think we're passionate about what we, what we do, especially when we think about the, the, the company evolving from being a hobby to, to really understanding how important it is to put the right food, not in your, not just your body, but also kind of your families and your children. Yeah. That's a, a, if you think about when Rashid and I first started this, we were actually just dating our current wives and we had no kids. Um, you know, so back then it was just, we were just two dudes that were working our jobs, just looking for some, (laughs) some quick protein that was like, you know, for on the go. And we thought some other people might be interested in that as well. 
And from there, like you, you have, you, you get married, we have kids. And now you like Rashid said, you, you start inspecting labels a little bit differently once it's your kid eating it. And then you, you know, we realized very quickly that even the stuff that was being marketed towards kids, and this is still today. I mean, you walk into any grocery store and there's stuff with this, these cutesy little names on there and it looks great for kids. And there's little, you know, characters on the, on the packaging and you look, flip it over and it's pure sugar. There's a bunch of artificial ingredients. It's just a bunch of crap, honestly. And, um, you know, they're not, it's not any healthier and it's just, it's, it's being marketed towards kids. So that to us, you know, quite honestly, it kind of pisses us off a little bit. So we got very passionate about, you know, what we were doing. That was really when we started thinking about these little chomplings and our kids are running around eating chomps. You know, we give them a full stick and we end up finding half sticks on, you know, half eaten sticks and the couch cushions and all that. But we, um, you know, we really started realizing then that it was, we can ha- make a difference in the way people eat. And so it was a different type of passion. It was real passion. We were thinking about making a difference and you can really see it in the trajectory of the business is how it's grown at once we kind of had that, that epiphany. All right, let's dive in. Talk to me about a big goal you set and accomplished and why it was important to you. Rashid, let's start with you. Yeah. So every year from a, from a, a company perspective, every year we start um, going through a process called OKR. So uh, um, objectives and key results. So one of the, the OKRs we were thinking about is the business was scaling and continues to scale very quickly. I mean, we're talking, you know, could anywhere be two to three times growth year over year. And, you know, we have um, a single, we have, we have, we had a lot of single um, supply chain partners, right? One beef supplier, one turkey supplier, one co-man, one packaging supplier. So one of the initiatives was prepare to scale. So go through any potential relationship where there's potential risk, just get in front of it and figure out ways to, to, to figure out, you know, can this partner get us to um, three to five years out? And it was a, a big initiative. And I would say across everything, we have um, either check the box or have a clear path in the next few months to get it, to, to get it completed. And it was um, a big undertaking. The team, um, took it on and, and we were able to work through it, but it was, uh, it allows me to sleep a little bit e- easier at night, knowing that we can continue to support the growth because one thing we won't do is take shortcuts, right? We have certain attributes in our proteins and our ingredients, um, quality standards and our packaging and our film where we're not just, we're not going to take shortcuts and we need to make sure that, um, we align with all the partners we need to, to make sure we continue to grow this thing. That's that's incredible. And I know you're selling not only in e-commerce, which is how you started, but at grocery and other stores across the country. Do you do you have a rough, rough estimate of how many stores you're in today now that you have started that big scaling process? It's just under 11,000 now. So. Ah, that's and an insane number. Just, just got word yesterday that we'll be adding another well, 4,200 in July. And then there's more coming up after that. So it's, it's kind of scaling very quickly. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. And launch into, launch into Canada last week as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. So a date of recording is May 19th. So when you get this in your ears in June, um, it might be even more stores. So Canada last week in May, uh, we've got another 4,200 stores. That's incredible. Um, Rashid, any, any personal goals you set and accomplish along the way too, or are you just very focused on chops right now? It's 80, 20, 80% chops. But like one thing that, you know, as a result of 
um, kind of the the no, the new normal was just spending more time with family. Even though I'm working from from home, we have an office not too far, and I pop in when I can. But it's just spending more time. So like my new thing is I'm the one that drops the boys off. I have two two boys, um, Niall and Adam. They're um, five and three. I drop them off at school in the morning, so it's my time with them, and we play various games. But it's just like it. And then at night, I try to make every effort possible to put to put them down and tell a story. So that's really just spending more time with them. Awesome. Um, are you guys fans of Pete the Cat, by the way? I don't know. I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's one of our one of our friends' daughters. Like, is insanely in love with Pete the Cat, the book series. I'll send it your way. Uh, um, Pete, not Pete the Cat. Let's let's talk about your goals. What's a big goal you set and accomplished, and why was it important to you? And Let's talk business first, then personal. Business first. We had, uh, this is, Rashid will remember this one too. Um, every, every business I think has those like make or break moments, right? And um, we had the opportunity to, to launch in our ber- first big national retailer. And when we saw the initial POs that came through, they were larger than the entire you know, year of revenue previously, from the previous year. So we were... Um, we were growing and we were a profitable business, but it's just Rashid and I, we don't have private equity behind us. We don't have like a sugar daddy that we can hit up for, <laughs> for money. It's just the two of us, right? So we had to really survive on the cash that we had in the bank. And we absolutely did not have the cash in the bank for this type of uh, production run. Um, and so we ended up needing to raise uh, just over a million dollars very quickly. And by very quickly, I mean like in less than a week. And so this was a, it was about Friday and we kind of looked at each other and we're like, um, we need to do this thing. And we were like, there's no one, like we were talking about like, do we go to private equity? Do we go to, what do we do? And like, so we realized very quickly that we were not going to be able to do that, that in that, in that amount of time. So it was like, okay, we need to figure this out and hit up our friends and families and see who, who would help us out. So we ended up um, between from Friday to about Monday, we raised all of the cash that we needed from about, I think it was like eight separate friends and family um, uh, lenders. And so what we did is, uh, and so we did it without giving up equity too, which we were very proud of uh, and still very proud of because we wanted to be able to do this on our own. Um, So we did, we made a pretty attractive uh, return for them and raised the money, paid them back very quickly. And then they, they were so happy with their investment that they wanted to invest again. And so we, we allowed them to do one more like that. And then uh, once we paid them back off the second time, we said, all right, we got this. So we're um, no, no good here from here. But, but anyway, I was very, it was the most, I mean, raising the money was hard to do, but then after that was when the real stress came because we ended up borrowing money from all of our friends and families and you don't get paid back until you launch and you need to be successful in the retail and you need to get paid. Right. And so when we, you know, the day, when the day came that we were paying them all back, it was a huge relief. And we actually started sleeping again after that. So it was uh, a little over a couple of months before we, uh, (laughs) before we were able to relax. So sometimes I don't think people realize like we, when you make a food product, like you can think about it, we've all messed up a steak. Right. And it's like, with this, we were going from producing like 10 to 20,000 pounds a month to producing 300,000 pounds. So like it it put pressure on everything. And yeah, it was, it was a a very, very stressful because then then you had this added stress about like, you know, failing 
your friends and family and, and making sure, but we were very clear about the risks, but also I think um, we, we, we showed them the plan and we went through it and, and mapped everything out and I identified where there was potential gaps. And we spent a lot of time in Missouri at the command to make sure that it was successful, but it was a very stressful time. That's what I people like when you, they hear about the success, they don't realize like the challenges that you really had to go through to get to where we are today. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine. And I, and I, I wonder what it was like when you saw that PO, you had it in your hands or in your email um, and it was bigger than anything you'd done before. Was it all stress immediately or was it like, oh my God, we did it? Well, it was like, I'm the one saying, oh my God, we did it. And Rashid is the one saying, <laughs> we can't do this. And like, literally like, that's like, that's just how that's the, the, the you know, the yin and yang, the two different personalities. That's kind of the way we always think. I'm almost always swinging for the fences and he's, you know, well, the, uh, the funny thing is, is cause it, it came in, in, in emails and it was yeah. individual emails. So we're like, we're seeing it where like one came through and I'm opening, I'm doing the math and another one and then another one and another one. We're like, and then like, now we're texting and like, call, we're like, are you guys, are you seeing this right now? He's like, yeah, I was like, this is bigger than what we said it was going to be. He's like, and then finally, when we added the numbers, we're like, oh, wow, we got to figure this out. It was exciting, yeah. but it was, <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> I, and I know I buy chomps, so I buy chomps um, two places, Foxtrot and actually three places now because Jewel, um, but Foxtrot, um, Trader Joe's and Jewel because I live in Chicago um, and Trader Joe's is like, I feel to me like the shining star of getting getting your product in that place, but there are others that are great as well too. Um, who was that that first big, big order from? That was that was Trader Joe's. That was uh, That's our first our first and uh retailer we were ever in so yeah it was a, and it was a tough one for us because it was like you know we wanted to we went from a very small business which the two of us to to um trader joe's national scale millions of new people trying the product and um you know but the way the way we ran the business though is a lot of brands would actually take that success and the momentum to be like hey we're in trader joe's and try to sell themselves to other retailers and just just try to build 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 but we did the opposite we actually took about a year of uh, just trying to make sure that we could be the absolute best Trader Joe's vendor that we possibly could be. Um, and I think it's, it's, it, I, we, we're very happy about doing that because, you know, we're, what we like to do when we think about growth is it's all about, we go deep in the retailers that we're at. So we're less about, you know, adding the 4,200 doors that we just found out about yesterday. We're actually, we're excited about that, but um, I, you know, the way we talk about it, like I'd rather start with half of that and be able to crush it in that half and then expand from there. Um, but it is what it is. That's what you gotta, when the, when the buyers come reach out, you have to kind of answer. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess you did something right at Trader Joe's because you're that, that final purchase at the, um, at the register. I, if I forget, I'm like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah. Before we take a quick break for some Zen with Sunday Scaries, we want to remind you how obsessed we are with their delicious and super effective CBD-infused gummies packed with vitamins D3 and B12. Enjoy 20% off on their website with code LIFE20 so you can enter max relax mode. That's L-I-F-E-20. Now let's take a pause for calm with one of our favorite grounding techniques, using all of your senses. Using your senses, pick out five things you can see. Four things you can feel. 
three things you can hear. Two things you can smell. And one thing you can taste. There. That's not so scary. Now go take on the day. All right, let's talk about the future. Um, Let's start with you this time, Pete. Um, Talk to us about a big goal you're setting for the future, why it's important to you, and how you're going to get there. Okay. So this is business focus. So um, for for me, like, well, well, for us as a brand, a lot of what we talk about is all about sustainability and our sourcing. And we want to make sure that we're having a positive impact on, well, it's nutrition, the environment, and animal welfare. So we're already doing all of those things, but one of the things I would like to be able to do even better. Um, so, like we, we we source from farms that are already doing this regenerative agriculture practices. They're already bettering the soil. They're already doing great things for the environment, right? But if you really want to be able to have a dramatic impact on the environment and the soil and the kind of restoring soil, and if you think about like what's going on here in the U.S., there's these huge monocrop systems that are growing corn or soy or whatever it might be. And everyone's thinking like, oh, plant-based, plant-based, this is the way to go. But most of those plant-based products are being grown in these huge monocrop systems, which are horrible. That is the absolute worst thing you can do for the soil. And so what we want to be able to do is say, okay, you were growing these single crops on these huge uh, extensive farms, but how can we change that up, um, get some, get a variety of, of, uh, of plants growing there and then put animals on there and just bring it back to the way that nature actually intended. Um, and that would actually improve the soil. And so for us like that, that what gets me excited is when we start having that type of scale and we're able to use our scale to have that type of an impact, that's really cool. Um, so these are the things that we think about. Um, yeah. Are farmers receptive uh, to that request when you talk? to them about that? I think it would probably be where we end up having to do something on our own, but, um, uh, but there's, there, there are a lot right now. There's a lot of farmers that are, are starting to make that switch. Um, the biggest thing for them is really like they're interested in it, but how can you make sure that they're able to monetize all of that additional work that goes into it? Cause it's work. Um, but I think in the end, if we can all band together and brands all band together and do that and source that way, that's how you have a dramatic impact. But all of us talk about, you know, it's just like as if plant-based is the solution. It's absolutely not. And, and there's people are ignoring, uh, ignoring the truth of it, right? Because it sounds great. It sounds like a simple fix, but it's really not. Yeah, I, I can see it now. The Chomps Farm, both a destination and where you get all of your animals and plants from in the future. <laughs> That's right. Disneyland, Disneyland (laughs) in my mind. Uh, Rashid, what about you? What's a big goal you're striving to accomplish in the future and how are you going to get there? Yeah, I think, I mean, as a company, we've been very focused on e-com, right? The right, the right e-com partners, not only chomps.com, but Amazon and Thrive Market, walmart.com. But also we've been very focused in um, kind of the natural and conventional grocery channels. So I think when you think to the future, it's finding additional channels where we continue to be successful and just being strategic about it, about what are those channels, how do we test and how do we execute. So, you know, l- later this year, we'll, we are start kind of going through channel expansion and figuring out where that is. But I think, you know, for us to continue to grow the business, but grow it the right way, the profitable way, 
we're taking a very strategic approach about how we do that. Because there are certain channels where, you know, it's it may seem attractive, but the margin requirements and the the um, the operating expenses to, to, to be successful there is it, it changes the margin profile so we're being very strategic about it that. but it's also um, I mean, it's before a key we initiative jump into a couple of rapid fire questions and questioners from questioners questions from some listeners um i'm curious what's a self-care tip or tool that you've used over the past year to stay sane while building chomps from home or from home office let's start with you pete to stay sane um I don't know if it stays sane, but it actually helps because like, um, it's called a vertiball. It's this like, it's this thing you stick, it's got a suction cup on it. We actually bought them for the entire team for Christmas. Cause I, I love this thing. You could stick it on like any, like a glass door or any kind of wall or whatever. And you could, it's basically, you could lean up against it and it's got a ball on it that rolls and mm-hmm. you roll out whatever is tight in your back. And so with COVID and everyone just kind of hunched down, you know, on computers all day long. And so we were like, how do we break this up a little bit? So I did that and I got a standing desk. That was, mm-hmm. um, that was a game changer for me and my lower back for sure. Um, but that kept me sane, I guess. I don't know if that was answering <laughs> your question, but <laughs> I mean, not having aches and pains counts. There you go. <laughs> Let's count it. I, we're, I'm standing as well. Um, Pete, Pete and I are standing Rashida's team chair. Uh, Rashid, <laughs> what's your, what's your tip or tool that you used over this last year? Um, my, I'm pointing behind me is the, the Peloton. I think, um, we originally got it cause my wife really wanted it. And then I just started to do it, but you can jump on it quick. And it's also, it's also fun because like my brothers who, who some live in different States and friends to way to connect, but even within the chomps team, we have like a Peloton Slack channel and we'll just drop a Slack saying, Hey, we're going to, I'm going to ride tomorrow at six 30 and folks will jump in the class. And it's been a nice way to to work out the stress, to, to continue to kind of like bond over that. And it's funny, a lot of times the you know meetings will start being like, wow, that was a hard ride this morning. And, you know, we're all, we're all very competitive. I love that. So, I, um, to my been, right uh, is a Peloton as my well. Way to, uh, kind of our ambassadors have a Slack channel that is all about the Peloton as well. And they'll do the exact same thing. I think it's the most fun. The most fun is talking about it afterwards. I wish we yeah. could talk during, but um, after is all the delight. Okay, ready? Rapid fire. Um First one comes from Kristen. She wants to know, I think this is interesting given our conversation, but she wants to know if you have any plans for plant-based products. So I guess the, first off, we're not against plant-based. So I want to make sure that we don't, we get that perfectly clear. So it's about, it's, it's the way that the plants are raised, right? So these monocrop systems, that is what we're absolutely against. But when it comes to eating plants and having a plant-based diet. Actually, Rashid and I both have plant-based diets, meaning we eat more plants by volume than we do meat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we think, we feel like that's a balanced diet. I mean, there's no reason why that's not, you know, just because we sell meat products doesn't mean we're going to start preaching only the carnivore diet, like will work for people. That works great for some people, not for me, um, but we're all about balance. So that's point one. But second, second point, like we do actually like the idea of, using some plants in our products. Um, we're working on something right now, which I don't want to give too much away, but it would be like a, um, a mix of animal proteins with plant proteins. You can think something along the lines of like a meal in a bag. Um, one thing that we would never get involved with is using like plant pro like, like powdered proteins added to our product, like pea proteins. 
we see that, that that's like defeating the purpose of everything. It, there's nothing wrong with the plants the way they are. Why can't you just use that with your meat and, uh, and make a product? So that's where our head's at. Um, and we're working on things. We don't have anything ready to go yet, but TBD, R&D. <laughs> TBD, R&D. I like yeah. that. I'll steal that. Um, all right. Next question. We'll start with Rashid on this. What's your favorite flavor right now, Rashid? Right now, it would be our newest stick, pepperoni turkey. And it's it, it, it changes all the time. Before that, it was um, our venison Those are actually stick. mine two favorites, um, too. Yeah, pepperoni turkey, if you haven't tried I'm not, it. I'm not a lover of spice. Sure. I, I mean, like, I like spice, but I don't I don't love spice. And so those two are the my favorites. My husband always eats the spicy ones. Pete, what about you? What are your favorites right now? So I, I'm, uh, I've been crushing the Italian beef, the venison, and pepperoni turkey have been my go-tos, but you're, you're right. I'm the same way. I don't like, I like my food kind of bland to be completely honest. My wife's the complete opposite. She yells at me all the time, but sometimes you just need a jalapeno, um, jalapeno beef. That's, that's the way I go. So that's a lot. I I meet these. I I eat a lot of last question for me. I want to know, um, any, any other flavors we can look for in the future? Well, I will say one thing that we're interested in is experimenting with other proteins. So it would be another flavor for sure. Um, but we're also interested in seeing you know, where, where else we can expand into. So um, once again, TBD, R&D, but we've got, uh, we've got some stuff in the works though. I love it. This has been another episode of We Got Goals, which is in a sweatlife.com production, which is another thing that's better with friends. Thanks to our friends, uh, Pete Moldonado and Rashid Ali for joining me here on the podcast today. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt and Ryan Baruga for both the audio and the video production. And thanks to you, dear listener, for being a part of our community. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us.